Hello, everyone. My name is David Hunter Jr., and I want to welcome you to another episode of Post and Black, where we celebrate Black excellence behind the lens. For those of you that have already subscribed to our YouTube channel, we want to thank you and a special shout out to all of our donors. If you want to donate to Post and Black, please be sure to follow the link right there at the bottom of your screen, and you can head over to Anchor and click the link in the description as well. Today's episode is very special. We have Victoria Page with us, and she's going to be sharing so much information about her background and all the work that she's done over the years in post-production. Victoria, thank you for joining us today on Post and Black. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Oh, it is so awesome to have you. So awesome to have you. And as accustomed to Post and Black, we always like to start with a little bit of an icebreaker just to break the ice there. And considering the fact that you work in post and edit on TV shows and movies, what is one movie that you've watched that you wish you could go back and watch again for the first time? Wish I can go back and watch again for the yeah, first time. Yeah, like that feeling that you had when you saw it, you were like, mm, man, this is this is the best movie I've ever seen. We've all had that. That's true. That's true. I got two. Okay. I got okay, two. I'm a big, like romantic comedy person, uh, romantic dramas. I like romantics. If I, I would choose to do Love and Basketball, I'm not going to lie. Love and Basketball, the classic oh, <laughs> romance for me. I would, I would, every time, like when that would first premiere, I would like to yeah. be a part of that, that feeling. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Before we just get all into it, can you tell the people a little bit about yourself and, and, where you're from and obviously your, your title and just, you know, we'll jump into the credits and, and technical aspects as well. My name is Victoria Page. I'm credited as Victoria C. Page. Um, uh, I moved to LA back in like 2010 for the sole purpose of wanting to become an editor. Um, I ended up going to Video Symphony in 2010 to 2011 and I jumped right into assistant editing for reality. Um, and I was in reality TV for like a good two years and I did a, a slew of comedy specials and then I jumped into scripted TV as an assistant editor, yeah. uh, all the while editing like short films on the side, uh, independent freelance editing. Yeah. I was a part of Film Independent Project Involved Fellowship. So that was a nice little community to be a part of. Um, and then uh I did a bunch of wow. scripted. I did like two uh, features as an assistant editor. I was the second assistant editor on a major yeah, feature. I was the stars. first assistant yeah. editor on a more like an independent feature, but had like big names to it. Um, and then just to just to fast forward it, because I worked as an assistant editor for Scripted TV uh, yeah. since 2012, yeah. and then I was bumped up to editor to edit High Town for season two for Stars. And that that was during the pandemic. So started in 2020 and wow. went into 2021. Yeah. So, so that was that was a whole woo, but that was a mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> and then recently I made a career switch. Um I am currently on the post-executive track at Paramount Studios. I am a daily supervisor for Paramount Pictures feature post. Long title. Um but uh, I chose to be in this space to really support editorial more, um, just learning from what I have experienced on my um, editorial journey over these years. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> Can you talk about that real quick? Just to, you know, I know we've had a lot of interviews, but talk about the specifics of what that is, because a lot of times people see an editor, they're like, okay, the editor does this and does that. They don't know about like setting up the dot, you know, transferring the footage. Like, can you, can you go into that a little bit? Right. 
I, I feel uh, from what I learned in college with editing, you know, we're editing picture, conveying feelings and all that stuff. And when it comes to bigger projects, uh, such as TV <laughs> and features, um, uh, the editor needs some help <laughs> with, with larger things. And so as an assistant, I feel like in reality, it's definitely more technical when you're ingesting footage, making sure things don't crash on the editor, making sure the avid is good, um, upraising things and uh, keeping in line of um, paperwork when it comes to continuity, when it comes to visual effects. I feel like in scripted and in features, um, the assistant it can be a little bit more creative because as an assistant editor, um, you're in charge of sound design. You're that sound editor, right? As an assistant editor, you're in charge of temping visual effects. So you're that visual effects editor, if, depending on the budget. Um, uh, so along with the creative side, you're in charge of the technical side. You're supporting the editor if, if they have some technical breakdown. I lost a bit. I lost my sequence. I'm seeing red. Can you help me? You know? So, so, Emergency. Right, help, but, help. <laughs> like, for real. I had those, Victoria. Yeah. I need you. Yes, I'm here. Right. You know, just to fix whatever the editor needs. Because the job of an assistant is to make sure their editor is, is focused on cutting picture, is focused yes. on bringing the story together. Now, granted, if you have a great relationship with that editor and you voice your opinion saying, hey, you know, I would like to cut. I would like to, yeah. to edit sometimes or someday, you know, in yeah. the future. I, I feel like editors are more than willing to say, like, yeah, let me give you a scene or two. Like, let me give you an act. Yeah. Like, let me, give, yeah. let me give you things to cut along with, you know, your other duties you still right. keep up with. I didn't know that until right. I started working. Yeah. <laughs> in recently, yeah. Yeah. Well, one, one of the things I think, that even even for me, and if, if you're listening to this episode and you've heard all of our episodes, you've probably heard me say it before, but yes, I came into the industry as an actor. Um, and my knowledge of post-production, when you say editor and assistant editor, I was like, oh, so there's two people cutting. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're just helping each other, doing, doing the same thing. So you cut this part and they cut that part and then you put it together. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea or no understanding, I should say, that there were different aspects to it, you know, even being the doing the color, you know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody doing sound. I'm like, oh, I hand it to the editor and they're gonna do all this stuff. No, and they're looking and I'm, I'm getting I'm getting 12 different invoices in my email account. I'm like, what what just happened here? Like why why am I being charged? It's like that's that's 10 different jobs, sir. Like if you were acting on you know, if you were acting on camera, that's like me giving you a theater play and giving you a monologue and then giving you a voiceover and then mm -hmm. telling you to write this. Mm -hmm. You'd be looking at me crazy, too. So yeah. definitely having that clear understanding of it all. Mm -hmm. um, you, you mentioned you mentioned Video Symphony and, and the training and all of that. And, and one of the things we like to tap into as well is um, people that came before you that you looked up to, maybe aspired to. Was there anybody, you know, as you were getting going in your career, because you mentioned so much that you're doing, but going back a little bit, was there anybody that like kind of took you under their wing mm -hmm. as you came along? So they kind of gave you direction and the vision to what you needed to do. Back then when I was at Video Symphony, I was really big into reaching out to female editors. I feel like back then I saw it was more of a boys club. And I'm like, I'm a black woman trying to get into this. I need to, you know, talk to some women. Um, so. I must say the biggest was um, Lillian Benson, who is wow. my mentor. Yes, yeah, special place in my heart. 
been um, since like 2012. Uh, and also Anita Burgoyne, Brant Burgoyne, uh, she was, um, she's a female editor as well, but she was one of the first editors that I contacted. I was watching Legally Blonde. You know how they say watch the okay. credits, watch the credits. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was watching yeah. Legally Blonde. I was like, Anita Burgoyne, let me look her up. And back then I was using LinkedIn pretty heavily. So yeah. <laughs> Linked into her, saw an email, sent a cold email, <laughs> yeah. and introduced myself. And she she was very uh, gracious with her time to uh, meet with me for lunch. I still do keep up with her to this day. So she was the first female editor, and then Lillian was the second because she was my mentor when I was a part of Film Independent. So uh, yeah. yeah, it was. I was really that's awesome. Females. That's awesome. What, what what was maybe one piece of advice or or something some insight that they did share with you that was that you feel like was really helpful at that time and maybe still today? Keep on networking. Networking was okay. a huge thing, and keep on cutting. Yeah, it was keep on networking, keep on cutting, and also when it comes to networking, um, I felt like it was drilled in my head to not contact people just because you want something. Is contacting mm-hmm. people just genuinely? How are you? Mm-hmm. How's your children? You know, like, like, oh, I'm working on this film and it's going well. You want to meet up? For yeah. Coffee? You want to meet up for lunch? I, I feel like for me, I really shine when it comes to a one-on-one conversation. So right. I really do try to get people to like, hey, you want to go to lunch? Want to go to coffee? Mm-hmm. Let's meet up. You know, we could just. Yeah. And I feel like, um, in a one-on-one like situation, you get to hear me be more genuine instead of, instead of telling you what I want, I can tell you these right. are my goals, right? Right. And I can ask, right. you know, things about you, like what are your goals, like beyond of editing or, you know, right. have you not reached what you, you know, what you dreamed of and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah um, it was really drilled into my head to network and to genuinely approach people and not um, approach people when you want a job, just approach yeah. people just to build that relationship with them. <laughs> That that's a con- that's a common thread that I really I love hearing and and something I feel like the post community and and black post production uh, people as I as we say I feel like you, you there the community there is a little bit more connected oh, yeah. on a relationship base oh, yeah. than yeah. than other because there's not as many yeah and and so it's a little bit more authentic and genuine you know and I I know you we both we both live in Los Angeles I love L A um, I know that sometimes the 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 I guess the rake against L A is that there's not a lot of authentic people out here there's not a lot of there's a lot of fake this but I think it's what you what you uh, you you stated about reaching out for nothing just to say, Hey, I'm checking in. Hey, how are you? And that authenticity allows people to kind of take their, you know, you ever look at your phone and you're like, what's this person calling me for again? Cause every time they call you, it's about asking for something. It's not even a check-in. So I think that's really, Mm -hmm. that's really big for you Mm -hmm. uh, that you mentioned that. Yeah. Now, now going into, you know, you talked about the, you know, starting Video Symphony and going, gathering the mentorship and Lillian Benson. My, my brother actually was able to interview her for like part of our, our first uh, write-ups back in the day. What was it like when you got your first official editing gig? What would, can you tell, can you talk us through that? Obviously you're networking your relationship, but you're trying to get the job now. And now what's it like? Cause you got it and now you got to deliver. What was it like? What's, what's going through your head? 
Flarsa. I got the job. <laughs> I, was, I must say, I was pretty bold with, okay. with, with the job. So it was the height of the pandemic and something set a fire under me to just go for the chair. And I was having interviews um, for shows that didn't hire me because um, I haven't edited a TV show before. I didn't have, you know, a big feature going to a festival or anything. And so uh, one of my references was my showrunner and producer for Hightown. And she knew that I was going on these interviews and she's like, give them my number, give them my email because um, my editor left early in season one. And so I had to finish out our, our episodes and um, I started to build more of a working rapport with Rebecca Cutter, who was my showrunner for Hightown. And so we were in the cutting room together, so we we were not strangers. So yeah, um, yeah. So she's like, "Let me know how it goes uh, with the interviews." And I came back to her and I said, "You know, unfortunately, it didn't go well." And then I just stated, "I'm like, if an editor chooses not to come back to High Town, I would like to be considered." And she's like, "Okay, I'll I'll keep that in mind." And then a couple of months passed by. A Friday evening, I was cooking. She emails me and she's like, "Are you working?" And I'm like, no, technically I was hired on another gig. Like, no, no, I'm not. Yeah, 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 right, no, right. I'm not. And she, yeah. she's like, send me your resume. And then the next day I receive a Saturday, I receive a call from my mentor. One of my mentors, Luis, who was my editor for Hightown. And he was like, so Rebecca is letting me know that she's considering you. I'm like, oh, shucks. And then like on Sunday, I received a call from the editor that I was replacing, she was looking for an assistant editor. And I was like, oh, I'm not able to. I didn't tell her why. <laughs> so oh the next God. day on Monday, I receive a call from my co-producer telling me that I got the job. And he's like, did anyone higher than me call you yet? And I said, no. And he's like, well, I'm here to tell you I got the job. I was like, oh my goodness. And then Rebecca, she called me and she's like, I am so mad I wasn't the first one to tell you. <laughs> Uh, it was definitely like a fast track it all happened in one yeah and i was so excited i was so nervous but excited and then a few months later i started and i was able to hire i'm like oh i'm able to hire somebody as an assistant now like oh my goodness Mm -hmm. so i yeah um hiring uh uh my assistant iman who was um, a post PA on a feature that I was a part of, and she was just had a great work ethic. And I'm like, what you doing? Like, are you working? <laughs> so I was, yeah, I was able to hire her, and it all went so well. I was really nervous my first episode. Yeah, yeah, I was really nervous. I ended up, yeah. I requested an office to work in, so I had my own little office in a post house. Uh, we were all working remotely, but. Um, yeah, when I when the first episode dailies were trickling in, I was like, oh my gosh, they're asking. Me all- it's, it's happening. It's happening. It's it happening. really was happening. And then like I was receiving calls from the director, calls from our producers, just telling me what they're looking for, what they want. I was like, oh my goodness, okay. So yeah, it was a trip. That's that's a that's a no. That's first of all, I think I'm I'm gonna I'm get to that with the you know with the, everybody calling you and reaching out as it relates to, you know, getting notes and feedback, but I love the boldness of asking for what you want. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, there's, there's a phrase that, you know, people say it all the time, closed mouths don't get fed, but it's like, 
Hey, are you, what are you doing? You know, well, you know, I, I just hope it's like people can't, they can't give you what you don't ask for. True. And, and I really love that. I really love what you, Hey, no, I'm, if the position opens, I want this. Mm-hmm. All they can say is no. And then you can know and make your own decision for moving forward. Right. I, agree. I I love that. I love that. <laughs> yes. now, and 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 now now we get into a little bit more of the nitty gritty because mm-hmm. you know in Post and Black we've talked a lot about the journey for people, but the everyday experience of actually being in the room because I, I know this for for an actor it's really hard. But if you have a friend that is working on the show, mm-hmm. I try to ask them what it's like now that they're in it. What it's like because everybody's always trying to get the show. Mm-hmm. Everybody's always trying to get the film. But then once you're on it, it's another thing I'm handling. So like, yeah, you got the job. But everybody's calling you. Every the pressure, mm-hmm. the, you know, the the, the yeah. critiques, the, the criticism. Yes. How are you handling that mm-hmm. when those, those feed that feedback is coming in? And then what do you do to kind of like when you're in your zone to like mm-hmm. give people what they want mm-hmm. and you know not not be so beholden to what you've done? Like, well, no, I think it should be this way. Like, how do you handle all those things? That's a lot of emotions. I feel like a lot of pressure. I agree, but I feel like as editors we're great politicians, you know, like like we understand, or at least I hope people understand, we understand that it's a collaborative process, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you may not like that. I made a cut here. And what do you want? You know, what would you like? And let's work through it together. Um, I feel like I can't, I can't really hold uh, my cuts on a high pedestal because I know they'll mm. they'll get better when we reach lock cut. You know, um, even though like yes, I do take pride in what I have done. A lot of hard work has has gone into it because yes, I want to make a great presentation of I can cut. This is my episode. Yeah. I you know I, I believe I told the story very well. Um, right. But receiving notes back, I know that. Um, especially because I was a part of a show where people knew me uh, and Mm -hmm. knew that I was a new editor. Um, It's not like people are going to be malicious towards me and say, Victoria, this is an ugly cut. Like, I don't know what to tell you, you know? Um, But granted, they were very honest in their notes. And I was, I, I, I took it as like, okay, I know this is going to be better. Let me address their notes. And if a note that I thought was crazy, you know, I would address it still. And let them see it was crazy, and then they would come back to me like, "Yeah, Victoria, that was, that was <laughs> yeah. wrong one. Let's right. let's go back to what you right. had." Then I'm right, right, right. <laughs> then I'm fine. right. Um, so yeah, I feel like uh, with when it comes to criticism over my own cuts, I I have to um, not be sensitive. <laughs> okay. Or, yeah. Or, no, that's, no, that's no, that's that's so real. You know. Um, and and I think it's it's something it's tapping into the mind of an of an editor, of you know, post supervisor, all of that, mm-hmm. because people do ask that again. And I, I feel like the rejection is part of the industry as a whole, mm-hmm. you know. But somebody asked me, it's like, how many auditions do you have? I was like, Oh, I had this, this, this. And they're like, How many did you get? I was like, Well, I got one. They're like, Out of how many? Mm-hmm. I was like, Yeah, but that one. But they're like, Man, I couldn't have heard no that much. Right. And I'm like, Well, then maybe it's not for you. So you just understand it's just it comes with the territory. It doesn't mean it doesn't you know, yeah. this thing, but you know how to deal with it as you grow. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one of the things we like to talk about too, a little bit more is the technical side yes. of the industry. What, what, what are you seeing now that, you know, obviously you're, you're editing, but what programs are you editing in that you're finding that the industry is more scared to? Cause you know, you hear, you hear different, mm-hmm. different, mm-hmm. uh, 
I guess, different reactions, different right. approaches. Well, I use this, or I use that. Right. And for somebody that's really trying to get into editing now, mm-hmm. they're like, well, what software do I spend my money that I don't have on mm-hmm. to try to practice and learn? Yeah, that you don't have. I know. Because yeah. <laughs> these can be expensive. Um, yeah. Well, back then, because I'm, I'm not quite editing right now, but right, right, right. back exactly. then, um, I feel like technology is always changing. And so uh, I feel like it is up to us to um, keep 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 learning with when new technology arrives with Adobe and Avid. But the thing I always tell, um, I just had a little talk with my alma mater, um, their senior mm-hmm. class. When I tell, I'm like, you have to know Avid. This is still the industry yeah. standard. Premiere is up. Adobe Premiere is on the come up. I'm a little like Premiere, but it's okay. Premiere is on the come up. Learn Premiere. And it doesn't hurt to learn Resolve. Um, Because Resolve, I feel like, is a very powerful software that uh, is mostly used for coloring, but I feel like it's going to be I feel like it's going to be on the come up for cutting as well. But Avid is always issuing out a new version of this, a new version of that. Um, But (laughs) I would always yeah, say, yeah. like, start with the trial. And I feel like students can get, you know, more of like a, a, a not a minuscule, like a, not a died down version of Avid just to learn the right. tools of it. But, um, yeah, they should really learn more about Avid because it is the industry standard and also Premiere because I feel like that is like second behind um, yeah. Avid. And I feel both companies are always trying to improve uh, ways to work smoothly and fast, and especially with being remote when it comes to storage and stuff like that, it's it's really good to keep and keep abreast on what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's I think that's great insight, great information, and and don't be shy to shout out your 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 uh your school. I, Come on now, I, shout I, them I out. Where to, they at? I went to Xavier University of Cincinnati. People like to say in the world of Cincinnati. Okay. Let them know. <laughs> um, the program is called Digital Innovation of Film and TV. And so um, our graduating seniors want to get some insight because a lot of them are, are interested in moving to L.A. Um, yeah. And and uh, the group of seniors are not all aspiring editors. Some are. Okay. And so um, it was great to talk with them and shed some light on uh, these are the things that I went through or how I approach things. And uh, if they're looking to move to LA, this is what I've done. This is what I've learned just to give them some insight. So those. Kind of- yeah. No, that that's awesome. I, I love that. I love that. And and that kind of ties into, you know, going into this next segment, I want to talk about what you're doing now mm-hmm. and how that kind of relates to everything that you're doing. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the responsibilities that you have under your new title and, and what that looks like for you in, in the year, years to come? Hopefully. Yes, I am. I am dabbling a little bit of everything. So um, I am a daily supervisor for Paramount Pictures and Future Post, which is a relatively new position for Paramount Pictures. There's a position like this at Fox Studios. So our post team uh, has changed a little bit to where they hired new people such as me. And so with every feature that comes along our way, we have to set up daily's workflow. So instead of, um, instead of an ex- there's a different executive over each film. So instead of different executives setting up dailies for each film, I would be that point person to set up dailies for every film that we have. Um, So that includes learning the dailies workflow, communicating with our DPs, 
our editors, what he, what our DP is shooting with, what he likes, what our editors want, what they're looking for. Um, when it comes to dailies vendors, looking over budgets, because it's all about money. We got to get. Uh, <laughs> but, but hey, don't miss that part. Say that again. Looking over, looking over budgets. Looking over budgets. <laughs> and I feel like that's the difference because I come from a the creative world, where as an editor, I didn't care about no budget. I'm like, I want to yeah, yeah. use this Michael Jackson song and I don't care how much it costs. <laughs> but like as an executive, I got to care how much it costs because it's within, you know, the budget. So, um, yes. So I go, I communicate with our daily vendors, making sure our budgets are intact, that they're charging me when I need to be charged. And so while, while we're in production is making sure that the workflow is going well, that we set a workflow, whether we're shooting on location, whether we're shooting in LA, that the dailies from set is getting to our vendors in a timely manner. Our vendors are processing our dailies fantastically, <laughs> great, and then getting it to our editor in a timely manner because I need my editor to start cutting. So there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to the crew. I'm in touch with the DP. I'm in touch with the DIT. I'm in touch mm -hmm. with the second. I'm in touch with the whole camera crew. Then you're touching you're touching everything almost and and mm -hmm. you're like you're running the whole the whole show so i i would just jump in real quick would you say the knowledge mm -hmm. from all these years over 30 credits you know mm -hmm. even more movies all that it, it's obviously helping you because those little oh, pieces yeah. are now coming into play you're still having to use them now yeah oh, yeah i feel like that's like one of the big reasons my boss even hired me <laughs> over to Paramount is because he's like, Victoria, the fact that you know editorial and how this thing works is great. So he's like, this is good, this is good. So yes, it does It does help, um, it does help greatly. And the fact that um, I do see familiar faces when it comes to editors and assistant editors working on our movies, it's not a bad thing either, that I already have a relationship yeah. with them. I'm already, in my mind, I'm like, you know, we're gonna take care of you guys. We don't want anything to, you know, be, bad or whatever so um yeah, that's a great yeah. thing too mm -hmm. that is awesome that's awesome i guess, I guess you, know, you talk about all the things you do and i guess i'll ask twofold question Go ahead. what what is that I mean, we mentioned the budget so that could be it but what's what's the hardest part of your job now and what's the thing that gets you waking up and excited about doing your job the thing that gets me waking up and excited about doing my job is all that we have yeah. going on all the movies that okay. we have going on. The fact that I get yeah. to see all of our cuts and like in still an editorial, it's it's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is a nice film and just reading the scripts. We got we got a lot of good stuff coming down the line. Um, mm -hmm. and it makes me excited being a part of this process outside of editorial is that I'm aware of the decisions that are being made concerning mm -hmm. editorial that maybe editorial mm -hmm. don't know about. So in my head um, is is that I want to be the best advocate for editorial, period. So that makes me excited with the movies that we come that, that are coming down the line. It makes me excited with the people I get to work with. Uh, instead of being in front of a computer where editing all day, I, my day consists of emails, meetings, and screenings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which yeah. It's pretty cool. So hey, that the screen the screening's not bad, right? Yeah, it's not, it's not. And so I, I enjoy um that aspect of my job. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I, I love that. I love that. And I guess just looking forward to the future, 
what are some things that you feel like can still change in the industry? Because like, in your position, is there anybody of color? Are you one of the only ones? Are you one of the only women? You know what I mean? Do you still feel like there's some 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 things that change? Like it's it's great that you're there, but what are you you talked about being an advocate? What are you seeing? What areas are you seeing there's room still for growth? Room still for growth, diversity, especially in post when it comes to um, executives, post executives. Um, I feel I, I I feel I I am one of the only Black women that's that's on our post team, and I feel there's such a small group of us across the board when it comes to post executives and studios, and um, I feel that. Uh, uh, and understanding that being on the studio side, it is about business. It is about money. It is, you know, we enjoy the creative aspect, but we do worry about the business side and, you know, how much can we make and things like that. Um, I just feel like there could be more growth and just being more supportive of editorial and um, uh, just, just more growth in decisions being made that impacts the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess I guess obviously, you know, both you and I are black, obviously. But from the from from the outside looking in, a lot of times people, you know, wh- why would diversity? Why are they screaming for diversity? They're screaming for diversity in sports with coaches and executives and this mm-hmm. and that. And, and wh- why is it such a big thing? Why do you feel like especially in, in entertainment and mm-hmm. filmmaking and, and post? Why is it such a big deal? Why do you feel there's such a need for it? Just if you if somebody were asking you, what would you say? I feel like it's such a big deal. Because, granted, this started off in my head as a boys' club, and we go for who we know, right? right. Like a black right. guy knows a white guy who knows a white guy is just all white guys, <laughs> right? Yeah, so right, it's right. Like for we sure. have to be very intentional in bringing new perspectives into into a, into a crew, an editorial crew, right. when it comes to a feature, when it comes to a TV show, and if it's a subject right. matter that includes different cultures. And all you have is a bunch of other people in the room outside of black people or like outside of Indian people, whatever that 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 movie is about. I feel like you are missing out on on having that certain perspective in the cutting room that can bring a certain um, a certain uh, heart, a certain feeling to to Mm -hmm. that story. Um, So I feel like that's why it's needed in the cutting room. And that's why um, I feel like a lot of people are being more intentional with that. And also, I feel like it's it's I feel like for the longest time, people have somewhat have been naive in thinking that you don't need that, that those people like you don't need black people in the cutting room and thinking like, oh, I can cut anything. I mean, black people can cut anything, you know, but it's like when it has to deal with certain stories. I feel like that's just needed in the cutting room. And when you set the intention to diversify, that's when it does really shine. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Well, you, you, you've, you've dropped a lot of uh, insight mm-hmm. and wisdom. And I, yeah. I, I do, I do, I do hear what you're saying. No, it, it's true because I'm, it's like, I'm supposed to be asking you the question, but I'm listening. I'm like, tuned. I'm like, yeah, that's so good. Oh, wait a minute. Next question. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's, uh, there's so much there. I guess one thing, last thing I would ask you, just mm-hmm. a piece of advice that you would give to to anybody, obviously, whether they're, you know, wherever they're at in their career mm-hmm. um, to continue on the march and post um, or to look for other opportunities to explore. What's the piece of advice that you feel like is 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 helpful as we start this 
you know, 2022 and even going beyond in their career? Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, especially because we're still in the pandemic, I feel that um, people are more open to meet, really, not mm-hmm. meet in person, like comfortable, like, right. oh, let's have a Zoom meeting. Uh, you know, if, if it's possible to to get to know that editor, that assistant, I feel people are more open to networking these days because we are remote. You don't have to go anywhere. Right. <laughs> um, right. And so I would stress the advice to keep watching the credits, yeah. find out who those people are. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. And also I feel like the most important thing is don't be afraid of the follow-up because we all got lives. We're all busy, right? I feel like when uh, new students or new college students or just new people in post-production, when they send out an email to a person that they want to get in contact with and they haven't heard from that person in you know, so long, it doesn't hurt to follow up with them. Whether yeah. um, that person responds back positively or negatively, do do not um, take the negative, you know, as head. Yeah. Just know that the next person will will be more open to talking with you, with shedding some insight, and eventually keeping you in mind for the next job that comes around. You know, um, yeah. as you said, uh, as an actor, you you hold a lot of rejection. I feel like with networking, you know, not everybody wants to talk to you, but some people will, and that's a great thing. And so. Right. <laughs> And so I I feel like don't be afraid to reach out, especially if you're like in the pandemic, people are more open to to have that Zoom meeting with that somebody and to connect with people. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, you, you, again, you dropped so much. Where can people follow you <laughs> if they, if they want to, uh, if they want to stay in touch or keep in touch with you or stay, you know, see what's going on with your, with your work. They can, they can follow me on Instagram. It's VP T O R I one zero five VP Tori one Oh five. Uh, uh, Facebook is Victoria C page. <laughs> so don't forget to see. So, uh, it's there. Um, but yeah, I can shed any insight when it comes to my editorial career and any insight when it comes to my decision making on going on to the studio side as well. Look, look Victoria, I, I think you'll probably have a few people reaching out and if not, they should. But uh, we just want to thank you. And personally, I want to thank you for your time today and, and being with us on Post in Black. And we'll be sure to make sure that everyone knows what you're working on and what's coming up for Paramount uh, yeah. and all the exciting things that happen in there. Yeah. Um, for those of you, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Post in Black. We appreciate your time. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media channels at Post in Black. Let's go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, and be sure to become a donor to Post in Black so that we can continue to give you great, great content. Until next time, we'll see you posting black.